0: Welcome to Talk 30 to me, a show where we talk about the perspective of 30-somethings on life my kid and an asshole, love, and the never-ending pursuit of fulfillment. My name is Anthony,
1: but most people just call me turd. And I'm Randy Z. Let's start the show.
0: So today we're joined by our guest, Kristen Lem. And Kristen is a dear friend of the show. And first time, she has actually joined us on the show, but she's done a lot for us on our blog, and in the past, we've uh, actually helped support one of the books that she's written. But before I kind of get into all that, Kristen, tell me a little bit about yourself and uh, what got you to where you are today.
2: Um, Yeah, well, I'm so happy to be on here, too. I feel like it's long overdue as well. We kind of yeah communicated you guys uh communicated over the years you guys have come to my book party you know we've kind of we've talked the phone a couple times and i follow you on social media but yeah i'm so excited to be on this show and just yeah thankful for this relationship that we've you know developed um, over time okay so right now gosh transition let's see gosh i like <laughs> I, it's been about a year now that I actually left my full-time job. I left April 1st of 2017 and I left that to do consulting and freelance for web design so that I'd have more flexibility and time to write. And so that's what this last year has been. It's been like, it has been crazy just getting through that. And um, because prior to this, I'd worked since like I was 16 at a full-time job. So this is super different for wow. me. Yeah, yeah. It, it, it's, it was, and I'm not, I'm pretty risk averse. So this was a huge jump for me just to worry about like the health insurance, not having a regular schedule, mm-hmm. all that kind of stuff. In addition to that, I'm also doing the bi-coastal thing. Um, and then, where are you so today? Today, I'm actually in Chicago. I'm here for a film festival. But that was one of the reasons why I wanted to, you know, have a more flexible job was so that I could be in different locations. I knew that that was something I really wanted. I really wanted, like to be rich in freedom and flexibility that way. Mm, and mm-hmm. it just took me. So I'm 35 now. It took me like 34 years to make that move. Okay. I know it sounds like embarrassing, but yes, it took me that long.
1: <laughs> so what was your full-time job before you left on April Fool's Day?
2: Right? Yeah, I know. <laughs> um my full-time job at that time was I was working at Westridge School, um, where I met Turk's wife, um, oh. and uh, yeah, so I was there for a little over a year um, working on their website, and then you know, like I said, prior to that, I'd had—I mean, I've had a bunch of jobs that I just like change uh, that I've just change over the years. Um, well, they've all been in kind of like design, not all of them. Um, actually my career has been sort of like a little bit all over the place. I worked in entertainment at one time and then I went back to school for graphic design. Um, and then I worked for at American Apparel in their web department. And I gotta say that kind of really launched my um, me working more in web. And from, then my, from there I got a few other web design jobs and just kept going. But it's always been full-time work. And I feel like I always knew in the back of my head that I wanted to make this jump, but just, I just didn't until now.
0: So Kristen, kind of walk me through how you prepared yourself for that transition. Cause it's not easy. You mentioned you, you've been working full time pretty much your whole life up until yeah. now. How did you do that?
2: Yeah, no, it wasn't easy. I mean, like I mentioned before, I am not risk averse. So I did it in the most, like <laughs> the most not gutsy way ever. And basically what I did was I mean, just to get kind of boring with it is I figured out how much it takes me to live per month, you know, what my what my costs are, you know, how much I brought in and then figured out, how, you know, I mean, how much I was bringing in salary wise. And then I figured out how much I could put away each month for me to do this if I didn't have any work after I left. So how much how much I would need to live on to be OK And then I just calculated how many months it would take me to save up that amount. And that ended up being April 1st, 2017, April Fool's Day. And that's what I did. I mean, I told my, you know, I gave my work about a month's notice so that we could transition properly. But that's what I needed to do to prepare myself mentally and financially. Because for me, I knew... Just knowing myself over the past, you know, 30 plus years, as I'm sure you guys and a lot of your other guests and listeners do, it's like you kind of know yourself by this time a little more. And you know that like for, for me anyway, I knew that. I wasn't going to be comfortable to find another job or to even write if I didn't feel financially comfortable and I was going to be stressed
1: mm-hmm. and
2: that was going to be debilitating for me. So I'm like, all right, I need to do this in a way where I'm going to still feel good so that I can make the most of this time. And I factored in all the like, what may, what some people might consider like extraneous stuff. I factored in like, you know, working out, like what it cost me to keep my workout memberships. I factored in what it costs, you know, to keep me doing like my nails and things that keep me running smoothly Mm
1: -hmm.
2: because I had the luxury of a job, a full-time job at the time where I could save. And for me, that was the smartest, sanest way to do it. It's not exciting, but (laughs) that was how I did it.
1: (laughs) (laughs) So, so what I'm hearing is you basically had a buyout number for your full time job.
2: Yeah, yeah. I've never thought about it that way, but yeah.
1: <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's just like if you buy out of a, a you know shitty recording contract and and be able to get your freedom back with your your art and your time. But it's it's similar in, in that regard. So it just I'd never looked at it that way as a way to I've make it feasible.
2: It. Yeah, I've never thought of it in terms of that the way you said it. But yeah, essentially that's what it was. That was like my number like what i needed
1: so was that like to give yourself a full year of uh, income basically like a savings of like, like i could live off this for a full year and then whatever i get will just keep it going
2: yeah so i'm giving i'm giving myself a year and basically, I'm giving myself to the end of this year because what kind of happened when I left in April is my grandpa passed away. Oh, no. And, oh, wow. Um,
1: Sorry.
2: Yeah, it just, I know. Thank you so much. Um, but yeah, it was, so that was un- really unexpected. And so, um, you know, just all the transition and grieving that comes with loss, you know. So I feel like I didn't really get started until late in 2017, almost the end of the year. I would say like, October or so Mm -hmm. and so um I just uh so I gave myself a a year from then to kind of make things work and you know I I told myself hey you know what after that if it doesn't work out you know full-time gig you know you still got a ton of experience you're gonna be fine and so so far you know fingers crossed things have been going really well though and a lot of my full-time clients have reached out. I mean, a lot of my work is actually my full-time clients reached out for me, reach out to me for contract work. So, yeah, it, it's been really good.
1: I think that's an interesting perspective because you really took the pressure off yourself with, well, let me yes. back up. It's interesting because the idea of whether or not it'll work after a year doesn't matter to you. You're just going to do it. Right. And then you can always yes. go back. There's like no pressure. And I think that's right. what will, I think that's part of what has been, helping with your success with that
2: yeah honestly that's a lot of now that you've actually mentioned that that's a lot of how I approach so much of what I do is just I have I know that I have a tendency to get overwhelmed and have these like um, yeah perfectionist tendencies so a lot of times mm-hmm. when I'm approaching projects or things I want to work on I look at it in the way of like okay yeah how can I take the pressure off of myself? And a lot of that is giving myself room to fail without saying you're going to fail, if that makes sense. And that's kind of how it was with the book, too. I was just like, you know what? Like, I just want to write a book. Like, I don't. I mean, it's great if it sells, if people buy it. But I don't. I'm not trying to be. Like J.K. Rowling or anything, <laughs> you know what I'm saying?
0: No, come on. <laughs> but but you do hold yourself to a higher standard when you're producing stuff like that, right? It's not just, uh, you know, what I'm 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 just gonna do what I feel like uh, I I want to do and that's it. Or or was it like that for you?
2: No, I mean, I knew I wanted it to be. I had very specific ideas about it, and um, but actually. yes, I had specific ideas about it. I'd written a lot and I went through a long process of selecting which poems I wanted to put in there. Molly and I, the artists on the book, you know, we went back and forth a lot about which artwork we wanted. It was a lot of work, but I will say that the idea just simply came from me a long time, just kind of having like, I want to publish a book on my bucket list.
1: Mm -hmm.
2: And I was like, all right, let's just make this happen. And initially i was just gonna self-publish and that was another just a safe for me like a safe way to do it like hey you know that's a great way for me to just publish my book i don't have to go through the pain of getting an agent and a publisher and Mm -hmm. all this kind of stuff but what ended up happening is and this was so just serendipitous is um, my publisher, who I worked with a, in a previous job at California Pizza Kitchen, she actually <laughs> called me about a podcast. So she owns her own publishing company. Okay. We started talking and she was like, you know, we just vibed really well. And she was like, hey, you wrote a book? I'm like, yeah. And I was like, I'm kind of looking for a publisher. And she's like, I have a publisher. And she's like, well, send it over to me. I'll have my team look at it, you know, no promises. <laughs> and so it kind of just went from there. They okayed it. And, yeah, it, it was a rush. And in retrospect, there were some things, you know, I would do differently. But, I, I mean, I, I can't complain. I'm so grateful for the experience and that I had a publisher. I mean, that's just, to be able to say that is, is it, it puts backing behind your book,
1: <laughs> No, absolutely. I, you know, and right. uh, we've had a couple of people that told us that having a book is one of the best business cards. Yes. So have, much so longevity. Yeah. So
2: much longevity. Yeah.
1: Uh, yeah. But, so, but where, did, where did that come from? Because you your graphic design, web design, where does the book come into play or the, the inspiration for writing?
2: Right. So I've always, I mean, I've always been a writer, like ever since I was, I mean, gosh, ever since I was like a kid, I've been writing. Yeah. Mm. Um, And I feel like even before I even knew what haikus were or even syllables, I was just counting sounds on my fingers Hmm. as just like a way to, um, it was kind of therapeutic. So I grew up, just to go way back, I grew up as an only child and I was raised by my dad. And so a lot of times I was just in like situations where, you know, I was just by myself, you know, my dad has to go to the doctor, go to the mechanic, you know, you're just kind of a kid just waiting sometimes. And I always had, you know, I had my hands where I could count things. And then I had, you know, words that I was learning. So I would just count things like, there will be spaghetti at home. You know, I'd be like, oh, that's only, you know, and I had this weird thing that if something was either five syllables or 10 syllables, it was true. (laughs) And if it was not, Mm. it was not true. So I was just like, you know, I would say, I would just count things and be like, oh, no, there's not going to be any spaghetti at home. And then if I got home and there wasn't any, I'd be like, oh, see? So um, just weird things like that. And, so, <laughs> and once I hit sixth grade, I actually had a teacher, and then she taught us what a haiku was. And I was like, oh, my God, I've been doing that my whole life, and now it has a name. <laughs> so um, that's when that kind of started. Um, and then I stopped writing for a long time. When I kind of hit my mid early to mid twenties, I was I was working in entertainment and I had a really demanding job where I was tied to my BlackBerry all the time, and I really stopped writing um, just because I you know at that time I technology kind sort of was like, kinda well, took over. Technology took over and also just um, sort of these pressures to, you know, I kind of thought like, you know, I'm going to work at this job. I'm going to climb the corporate ladder. Mm. Um, I'm going to make a bunch of money. I'm going to get married. I'm going to have kids. And that's yeah. what I'm going to do.
1: Different priorities. huh?
2: Yeah. And it's so and at that time, that's what I you know, that's kind of how I fancied my life going. And Then things just changed. I, I burnt out on it. I. And was like, you know what, this is not making me happy anymore. You know, I, I met a lot of great people, and I'm I'm so grateful for the experience. It kind of it, it made me like tough. I was like a manager at that time, and I was not good at it. <laughs> but um, yeah, you know, it gave me a lot of experience. And um, anyways, so from there, that's when I was like, you know what, I can't. So I actually demoted myself from the ops manager there to um, being a coordinator, so that I could go back. So I could go back to school.
1: Oh, I was going to say, how do you you demote yourself at a corporate job? Like, excuse me, sir, I do not want this anymore. I'm just going to step down. Essentially,
0: that's kind of how it works.
2: Essentially, that's what I did. Yeah, Yeah. I did. I I talked to my boss and Mm -hmm. I just told him, um, you know, this isn't, I want to go go a different direction. He was super supportive. And I was in the um, sort of uh, hiring process of finding, you know, the new me. You know, yeah. they, they had me th- through all of that and it was great. And then sure. I, yeah, I, I demoted myself to a coordinator position. And then I started, um, I went back to school for design, um, got an internship and was work and was working there until I eventually left. And um, yeah.
1: So was the, the demotion part of a bigger plan of, of going back to school and changing gears? Or was it because, like Turk said, you may have been, you felt like out of your depth or whatever other reason it could have been?
2: Oh gosh! Now in retrospect, it was it was me changing gears. I knew that what I was doing wasn't fulfilling, and at the time, I maybe couldn't have told you why exactly, but I knew that I needed to do something a little more creative. And so I was like, "Well, you know, what's still creative but makes money? Because you know, I gotta live."
0: Mm-hmm. <laughs> and um,
2: yeah. it's like, okay, graphic design. Let's let's try that. And yeah, I got, went to school, got that internship. And then I applied for the job at American Apparel, which I I didn't get a graphic design job there. I got a web project manager job, but I sat, and this has has always happens to me. I sat really close to the, our graphic design team. And I learned so much there, like Mm -hmm. just by proximity. Um, And I'm still friends with those people now. And they taught me, so much about design that I know now so my education is kind of backwards I didn't like get a degree in graphic design I took like three classes and I was like all right I'm gonna get an internship and then I need to get a job
1: so Kristen during during each of these uh, transitions one with the burnout and then two going for the internship and, and learning yeah. learning the uh, the graphic design stuff how old mm-hmm. were you during this time
2: I was a Probably about twenty. Let's see. I did American Apparel.
1: Maybe twenty eight, twenty seven. Okay. Yeah. So, so you and were still
2: at, in my late twenties. Yeah.
1: Okay, so you reached burnout like in your mid twenties then. Uh
2: mm-hmm. huh. Yeah, I wow. did. I did. I was like, I gotta, I gotta make a move. I gotta do something else. I'm not doing anything it, creative in what I, in in my sense, what I wanted to do.
1: And then, and then you said about twenty eight when you got your first creative position then
2: yeah, probably around then. okay. Um, and then from there, from there, I actually left and got a really creative position at California Pizza Kitchen. They basically put me in charge of their entire like internal employee website, which was really cool because that was kind of during the when people started finding out about like how awesome it is to work at Google, employee so at this time, employer branding and how you treat your employees became huge. So there, I got to get really creative on their employee website and that was really, really fun. Um, They basically hired me to make it fun, (laughs) essentially, yeah.
0: So kind of going back to what you said earlier, because something stood out for me. Mm
1: -hmm.
0: It was how you kind of prepared yourself for that transition and you you felt that leaving a full-time position was the right move for you, but it wasn't as risky as you thought it would be Mm-hmm. after you kind of logic it in a way where you put a timeline on it. Mm-hmm. Now, a lot of people don't typically do this. They feel like, right. and myself included, and I'm kind of prefacing that from a lot of conversations that I've had with people, they think of it more of a long-term commitment. It's like, I'm going to do mm-hmm. this until I can't do it anymore. And they, mm-hmm. te- they typically don't want to go back into the workforce because they right. left for a reason. Right. When... I think of kind of preparing myself for a transition. I think of it like more of a long-term, but you said something that, that I I can relate to more or less in, in the sense where you felt like you were ready to take that leap. You had enough experience. You've kind Mm of gone through the ringer. You've felt like it seems like to me, just by kind of looking at your timeline, you kind of accelerated your growth, right?
2: Yeah. I mean, yeah, I guess if you look at it that way, in a way, it's kind of like I was I was preparing myself for this move so that I would have a client base. Mm-hmm. And yeah, I would have the experience to fall back on.
0: You kind of, it sounds like you knew all along the direction that you wanted to go. And if something didn't work out for you, you, you kind of figured out a way from your experiences to kind of make it work for you.
2: Yeah. I, now in retrospect, when I look back on things, I, I actually I was just discussing I was just talking about this the other day with friend. I was saying like, gosh, if I look back, I, I knew that I was supposed to do this all along. I just needed until now to do it. Because for a long time I I was disappointed in myself for not making that move earlier because I feel I felt like, gosh, you know, in your twenties, that's when you're supposed to, you know, have the unstable income. That's when you're supposed to do this thing. You know what I mean? Not, you know, in your 30s, gosh, when you're supposed to be settled down and have the stable job, you know, Um, and I had to arrive to a a place of acceptance as well. You know, in in addition to arriving at a place of financial stability to do this. um,
0: Mentally speaking, speaking, I think, Mm -hmm. did it come at that point where you felt like you had enough experience to say, "Okay, this is it. I'm going to go. I'm going to take the leap. I mean, was it, and it, uh, what I'm trying to say is, was, was it based on experience and your comfort and getting yourself ready for that transition? Like, you felt like you saw enough, interacted with enough people, um, kind of collected a lot of relationships and networking and talent and experience on your own to set yourself up for this. It's kind of like putting yourself right in the right position to prime yourself for that move. Do you yes, feel like actually, that's what you needed?
2: Yeah, I think you're right. I mean, what I when I was making this movie, you know, I talked to a lot of people, and um, one of the best pieces of advice that I got was um, she was she's actually the um, advancement director at Westridge School, and she told me she's like, you know, make a list of ten people that you can reach out to, you know, to be potential clients. And, um, she's a Virgo like me and we like to be prepared. (laughs) And I was like, you know what? That's a really good, that's a good, that's a good piece of advice. So I did that. And just so that I knew that I would have it now, I haven't, I haven't even like made it. I don't even think I've actually gone through the, I haven't even like started to go through the list. I made the list, but I didn't actually address it afterwards because it's kind of like your backup more or less. It was like my backup. Yeah. But I needed to have that in place. So I think you're absolutely right in that I felt like I had cultivated these relationships, uh, professional relationships that I could call on, you know, when I made this move. And it's funny because one of the big, one of my big reasons in my head, when I was contemplating all this was just, I was like, you know, I want to be able to, um, work with all these different people that I know are doing such awesome things but I knew I wasn't having the time I wasn't I didn't have the time to do it when I was at a job 40 hours a week and I wanted the flexibility to work with who I wanted to work with on what I wanted to work on
0: But it also sounds like you didn't really put a whole lot of thought into it uh, initially it just kind of happened naturally so Yeah My yeah. thing is like in trying to figure out the process behind this I, it doesn't sound like there is a process but there is a constant theme that i've picked up on uh. across the many conversations that we've had and the people that typically make these transitions are quirky or weird for lack of a better word <laughs> wow. they have they have this kind of they have this innovative spirit and they have mm-hmm. a mindset that really puts them in that position to make that move without having to really sit down Take a step back and think about it and be methodical about it. Like me, I'm an engineer. Like I'm, I'm mm. planning everything out. I'm, I'm mapping out the data. I'm like looking at every possibility, every um, every avenue of failure. But you you kind of – you you made a list. You di- haven't even used it. You just went right. for it because you believed in yourself. And that's pretty inspirational, I think.
2: Yeah, it's been, it's been great. Like, I mean, I've just been so floored at the people that have reached out to me to say like, Hey, can you work on this? Can you work on this? It's been, it's been amazing. And then from that, you get referrals. Um, yeah. mm-hmm. and that's been, that's been really cool too. And then just connections that I've made, like with you guys, you know, I never dreamed that anyone would be talking with me about, <laughs> the, you know, about this and this transition and everything. Yeah. Um, yeah. And I knew I wanted to have that flexibility to have those relationships and opportunities. And it wasn't something that I was getting being at one place eight hours a day. So that that is something I knew. But you're right. I didn't plan maybe as much as I would have liked to, but I planned in the ways I needed to, if that makes sense.
0: So for people that are on the fringe, that are trying to make this leap, this transition From being a nine-to-fiver to to being an entrepreneur, what advice Mm -hmm. would you give to them now knowing what you know and now kind of having the chance to reflect with us on what you've been through?
2: I would say to talk to people that are doing what it is that you want to be doing on a freelance or contract basis. Um, And if you can't find someone that's doing exactly what you're doing, talk to people that are working freelance or contract. Um, that's what I did. And I asked them for advice, what they use for their invoicing. Um, I asked them what they do for their health insurance um and explain to them what it is you're trying to do. and you know, so that you don't seem like nosy and weird.
1: But, um,
2: a lot of, yeah, you'll you'll get the support from them. I, I've gotten so much support from like um, freelance stylists, freelance photographers in my life that are friends um, and colleagues. And, you know, I've told them, yeah, what it is I I'm trying to do. And they gave me a lot of just things to build my mental resources so that mm-hmm. I felt OK to make the move. I would say talk to people so that way you can also see that it's doable. You're mm-hmm. like tons of people do this. I can do this.
1: Yeah, I think it it's important to find someone that has like transparency with that because a lot of people are, are can be real funny with it. And I don't think they see the bigger picture of like if we're all in this together trying to uh, further the field, further our careers. Community. Yeah, community yeah. based. Like, you know, a rising tide lifts all boats. And yeah. that's Whoa.
0: that's deep. Okay. Thank you, Confucius. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs>
2: Yeah. No. Exactly. Like, and I haven't had I haven't had anyone be well. Like, back up, Kristen. Like, why do you want to know all this? You know, like, get off, get off me. I haven't had anyone do that yet. Um, And uh, everyone's just been really supportive. And quite honestly, you'll probably end up working together because you are all in the same boat. Mm -hmm. You know, and you tend to Um, gravitate toward
0: people with uh, similar mindsets too. I think, right?
2: Yes, yes. What's that one quote they say, like, you know, you're most like the five people you surround yourself the most oh, yeah. with.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: But it's true, you know, these people that you talk to for resources will definitely help you out. Um, I would say do that. And I would also say, you know, to do the budget thing just so you know what's up.
1: Dude, that was you know? that was a brilliant insightful because I mean I think about leaving uh, my nine to five. And then it's just like, uh-huh. I don't I don't see how I can connect the dots, especially with like right. freelancing contract work being so, you know, it's like one month I have like seven people that are trying to, you know, want me to work. And then two months right. later, like I have nothing. And it's just like, just the up and downs of it. Just trying to, I really appreciated that perspective.
2: Yeah, no, I totally get it. Like, uh, yeah, I needed to know what's up. And what I mean by that is getting a really clear financial picture of what I spend my money on. Yeah. And what I bring in. And what you'll do is, depending on how you charge for your contract work, if you know if you leave, um, is you will know how many hours or how many projects you need to work a week, a day, a month, however you want to – what's comfortable for you to schedule it out. Mm-hmm. So you'll know exactly, this is how much I need to bring in to live. And that changed everything for me, just knowing what's up with your financial picture.
0: Being a little bit more shrewd with your finances maybe too – might be something mm-hmm. that you need to consider because you might not be able to pick up from where you left off from at your nine to five. Like if you're making right. six figures, don't expect that right out the gate with your with yes. your job. It's going to take time to ramp up.
2: Yes. Like really figure out, yeah, your costs. Yeah. And where you could maybe cut. Yeah.
0: I actually uh, spoke to someone that I worked with before and he was doing a lot of freelance work and he, he was making mm-hmm. bank. Mm-hmm. And I was like, well, why'd you stop? <laughs> He's like, uh-huh. "Well, my wife wanted a steady paycheck." And I, uh-huh. I and he's an older uh, gentleman in his 50s, uh, uh mid to late 50s. And I I looked at him and I was like, "Well, why didn't you have a steady stream of income?" He's like, "Well, you know, one one month you have like three or four jobs, the next month I'd be playing golf every day." And mm-hmm. I was like, man, that sounds like the life. He was like, yeah, I was loving it, but my wife wasn't. I was <laughs> like, why? <laughs> because we burned through that cash so quickly. You think that right. you wouldn't, but you would. It's because of the green fees, right. bro. <laughs> right, right. You see it? And, and, and those green fees add up. Yeah, he was planning some fancy courses. But he was telling, and then I looked at him and I told him, I was like, well, why didn't you just take, let's say you made 100000 a month. And give yourself right. a salary. Give yourself a salary yep. and give your wife oh, a exactly. portion of that so she wouldn't yep. say anything. He's like, huh. I never thought of it like that. <laughs> and I look at him, and I was like, dude, you're, you robbed yourself of well, a lifestyle, thing, yeah. <laughs> right? Because yeah. you were being, you weren't planning enough. And I think that's really insightful. Um, and that makes you think about things in a different way because now you're, you're still, you still have your quote unquote nine to five, right? And right. everything on top, you can get creative with it, either reinvest it in your business exactly. or take it and, um, you know, just splurge a little bit. Maybe go travel. Have fun with it, right? I'm but you say, have... Yeah. Diversify portfolio. But yeah, splurge. <laughs> <Sure. Diverse laughs> yeah, exactly. your portfolio. Now you're sounding right. boring, That's damn true. it. <laughs> <laughs>
2: Now it's a different podcast. Right. <laughs> it's Planet Money now. Uh, wow. um, no, it's so, I mean, it's so true. Like, you know, I got, I did I did pretty well this month. So I'm taking like the money that I got from that and I'm not, I, I, I'm not gonna like blow it all. But so I'm, I'm taking, I'm doing exactly what you said. I'm paying myself first because I know this is how much I need. Mm-hmm. And with that other portion, you know, I'm traveling a bit. And then the other part I'm gonna use to open, I'm trying to like do this, like a drop chip shop where I sell like hoop earrings, but that's
1: like um, <laughs>
2: another, yeah, you, you go, can girl. use it any way that you want. Yeah. But your friend, exactly. Like he should have, that will, and I had to learn that too, though, Um, that you pay yourself first and then everything else you either save.
0: Pay yourself um, and your spouse if you're married. Because you're right, you don't want yes, them complaining. You
2: pay, <laughs> yeah. You pay yourself and your spouse and you just take what you need to live and you don't, I mean, I don't really live that extravagantly anyway, so it, it's not that big of a. It wouldn't be that big of a sacrifice, but mm. I mean, yeah, I, I you have to kind of like um, control the tendency to wanna spend all
1: of it. Yeah. You know. So, Kristen, I want to do I want to do a hard pivot um, because the last <laughs> time we talked, I believe you had written a piece for us called "Dating More Than One to Find the One." And yes, I, you know, as yes, Turk, Turk yes. mentioned, paying your spouse, I was just kind of wondering, how's <laughs> dating been in your thirties? It's
2: been really good. Um, I had see, I've been dating this guy now for a little over a year. Oh wow. Um, yeah, things are going really well. And he's oh, wow. I met him when I was doing <laughs> the why you should date more than one to find the one. Article. So he was one of the read, roulette. Was,
1: <laughs> no, I was saying, how did that go? Did he read the article? Wow, he was like so
0: uh, <laughs> Hey, wait right? a minute. This is a chick. He, he did tell
2: me he's not gonna listen to today's because I so I talked to him prior to prior to our, our discussion now and I was like Hey, doing a podcast interview. I think they're gonna want to ask me about relationships. Is there anything that's off limits? Let's let's talk now about this. Oh, that <laughs> was pretty so, good. Just um,
1: my other sister wife. Yeah, that's it.
2: <laughs> yeah, and he's like, No, you're good. I think everything's fine. He's like, I just may not listen to it. And I was like totally fine. <laughs> completely understand but no he is fully aware that i uh, he, he's full i i think he read that article and um but he was fully aware that i was dating more than one person and mm-hmm. so was all the other guys that i was dating
0: i think it's a pretty modern thing i don't think it's anything yeah. to be ashamed of
2: no yeah. i don't think so either i mean it's uh, you know we okay so the circle to so bring it all together you know how we were talking about planning out, you know, your finances and when you make these big moves, I don't see why dating should be any different. You should plan, you should vet in a systematic manner. Um, Because you're going to be, this is ostensibly the the longest commitment, you know, of your life if you're Mm -hmm. looking for a life partner. But we're taught that we should choose someone more cosmically.
0: You know. The kind of stuff that happens happens. in fairy tales. Yeah. Yeah.
2: Exactly. But I think that it it's it takes a little more planning, to be honest. And and really, yeah, vetting and comparing and that means dating more than one person (laughs) at a time.
1: So what did that look like for you? How did you refine the process to find your current relationship?
2: Yeah. I mean, so what I did was I was sitting on the couch with a girlfriend of mine and I was like, you know what? In 2017, Kristen dates, I date. And so, and I'd been single like by choice for, um, I do not know the last year, but prior to that year and a half or two. Um, and I was like, you know what? I'm, I'm ready. I want to now. And I was like, all right, I got to do something different because before I was doing, I was just kind of dating, who came my way? Mm. Who I met by chance? Okay, you know. And so this, I was like, you know what? This time, I'm gonna be, I'm gonna be more systematic, more proactive about it. And so I got online, I got on an app, and I just was like, you know, I need to find someone that I want to be in a relationship with, the way I would find, you know, a, t- a television or something <laughs> in a way, like mm. compares, comparison shop. Okay. You know, because I'm investing a lot, you know, into this person.
0: And let's be real. Dating yeah. one person at a time takes a long time and – Time time is of the essence, especially when you're in your 30s. You got a clock to measure against. Either way, you got family, you got yourself, you got expectations.
2: Thank you. And you just
0: don't wanna. You don't wanna take that time to just. Oh, okay. I'll see how it goes, and then it goes nowhere, and you're like, well,
2: exactly. Okay. Well, yeah. yeah, You know, you waste three years with them because you think because you know it takes time to know a person too.
1: Right. Yes. You know what I
2: mean. So yeah.
1: The exactly. I mean I know you're not comparing people to TVs but like, in in that in <laughs> exactly. that kind of
0: uh, you know six in months, that, <laughs> six months
1: no warranty. <laughs> I, get a new, um, I get a new TV every six wow,
0: months. Wow, really? <laughs> no.
1: Okay. No. Cool. The, the, the thing I wanted to make up for, I mean not make up for it. The thing I wanted to uh, address is that you know. With technology, the day you buy it, the day becomes obsolete, essentially, right? Where the thing you can't measure with people is who's really going to continue to blossom and grow. And I feel like that's the right. hardest thing to to narrow in it's, on.
2: Right, right. Yeah, And I mean, I guess what I meant to say by that is just like, if we would do that with our TVs, why don't we do that with Boyfriends and girlfriends.
0: No, it's, like, yeah. and wives and, and, and husbands. <laughs> I mean, why not? And why and husbands? Exactly. <laughs> we why not we Yikes do episodes. that? We should be
2: even more careful about the way that we do it. Yeah. You know, the way that we choose. Um, but yeah, so I just was like, you know, but I had to make I had to make it a, a priority and say, like, you know what, I am allotting I'm giving my full attention to dating. And mm. um so I was scheduling in like two, three dates a week you know? Um, and I would, it would be something short. It'd be like drinks or dessert, coffee, something short, you know, because I didn't have a lot of time. Like you said, we all have commitments, you know, I was still working full time at that time. So yeah. So I just, I did that. And I, I was very upfront with all the guys and, um, I just said, you know, I am dating other people and yeah, you know, and if there was someone who I didn't really click with, I didn't, I, I just told them, you know, I'm, it's, it's not really clicking for me romantically, but you know, I wish you, you know, best of luck, you know, oh, that's very nice of you dating. to give
0: them closure because not a lot of people, yeah, not a lot of people get I, closure. You know, I'd never heard of shady this people out there.
1: Cause you know how we were talking about ghosting last year. My friend brought up how uh, she was Casperd recently and I was just like, what Casperd?" And basically, he was texting her saying, "Hey, you know, I don't. think This is gonna work out." Da, 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 da. And just disappeared. Just disappeared. <laughs> I was like, I'm like I don't. Know. She's like, you know, he friendly ghosted me, and I was just like, Oh wow. no. <laughs> yeah,
0: that's no, not bad. So
2: true, that's it, not bad at all. If mean, it's just honest, and honestly, I learned that. I guess now, Caspering, I'll call it, because someone did that to me, and I was like, Oh, that didn't hurt. That was fine. Like. And so I'm like, okay, if I do that, then it, it's fine. And no, I no guy has ever gotten mad at me and been like, what? You know, what do you? You know, no one. Everyone has been super nice about it. And I think we should just be nicer and more transparent Humane. with each
0: other. <laughs> really? Yeah. It's it's messed up how people date nowadays. It Thank is, God I'm not yeah. there. Okay, so Kristen, if people want to uh, Casper you. Wow. Uh-huh. <laughs> where can they find you? She is unavailable for Casper. Oh, that's she's true. Coming. Okay. Yeah. So if people want to find you in general, just to reach out, learn more about you, keep track of uh, what you've been doing. Copy, a, cop a, no, is it? Get a
1: copy <laughs> of her book. Uh, copy Feel? I was like, what? No. I was like, where is this going? <laughs>
0: <laughs> so where can the people find you, Kristen?
2: Um, You can find me on my website, which is my name, There's book info on there. Um, and then I'm mostly active on Instagram. That's the best place to find me um, via social media, which is kristinlem underscore. Uh, yep. I like
0: Everything that simple. underscore at the end of there. Yeah. It <laughs> feels very familiar. <laughs> <laughs> so, Randy, where can the people find you? You can find me anywhere and everywhere at I am Randy Z, in Turk. Wow, you kicked it back to me, Papa. You can find me at TurgSaysNo on Instagram and Twitter.
1: Thank you for subscribing to another episode of Talk 30 to Me. We hope you enjoy it and continue to share
0: it with friends. Make sure to stop by our website at Talk30ToMe.com for more content and information about the podcast. Rate us on Apple Podcasts. And if you really like what you hear, make sure to leave us an awesome five-star review. Talk 30 to me. I'm Turg, and I'm Randy Z. Peace. <laughs> and I freaking stuttered. Um, she opened the door, bro. Hey, Sam, close the door, please. Aww. <laughs> sorry john's a watchdog today (laughs) (laughs) Uh,
1: a friend of mine told me that uh caspering and i was like oh damn this is a plane hold on (laughs) you got caspered by the plane (laughs) oh
2: is caspering doing it friendly exactly
1: friendly ghosting (gasps) basically yeah so set it up again set it up again yeah Sorry, Kristen. I uh, we produce as we go, so we'll make uh, this won't make the episode at all. We'll, we'll clean it up nice.
2: Yeah, I'm amazed. Like it, like when I heard your podcast, I I would not even guess that this is your format. It just it's so seamless. This is kind of like mind boggling to me. Oh yeah.
1: Well, thank you. <laughs>
2: yeah. No, it's a pretty. It's amazing. Thing, or I can even maybe write about it, to be honest, is um, and this came to me because a girlfriend, I was talking with a girlfriend of mine about how she would sleep with guys too early. Mm. Um, I was also very frank about like, um, I'm dating multiple guys, but I'm not sleeping with them. And that wasn't a moral thing, it was just something that really made dating multiple people
1: easier. Yeah, because then you don't get like all confused with like the uh... Uh, the sprung aspect of it because like the physical yes adrenaline not adrenaline but uh endorphins
2: with it It The endorphins yeah it made it it made that easier and then it also just that removed that scare of like stds and Mm. all this kind of stuff and um that was something that was pretty key in dating multiple people is um making that clear and making it clear before it gets to where you're making out at someone's house. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. saying it
1: early. Like this like, is it's it might go here, but that's where it's gonna stop. Like don't even
2: Yeah. Mm-hmm. And and I would say, you know, I mean all the guys that I went out with were totally fine and respectable res- respectful of that. Um and you know, if someone is not, they're not a good person to date anyway. And you've probably got like a Me Too situation on your hands. But mm. um like uh yeah. So that was really I don't know, maybe there's something I could either write about it or something to tack on at some other point. But well, that was really important too. I
1: can I can leave it for the end. The thing that sucks is that uh, I turned off my mic, so it's going to sound shitty on my end. But you'll sound great. <laughs> oh, okay. Thanks.
2: Cool. <laughs> oh, that was really good. I'm so glad we finally did this interview. Yeah,
1: me too.